The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening today. I'm so glad that you've joined us, and uh, thank you so much for letting your friends, your family, the people in your unity community, your other spiritual communities um, know about us here on uh, Spirit of Recovery. It's just great to be having the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of spirituality and recovery, and uh, thanks for letting people know that we are here and that we're always bringing guests that touch your heart, that open your mind, inspire you, give you some new information, give you some energy and some insight to continue your spiritual growth and your recovery if you're a person that's in recovery. So I want to thank you also for liking our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page, for visiting us there. Thank you also for emailing me and for letting me know um, that what we're doing here is making a difference for you. And um, I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to do that because every week I bring you guests that are uh, talking about topics that are important to the recovery community. And my guests are always down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. And they are either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or teach recovering people or have uh, topics that are relevant for the recovery process. Or a lot of times, they, my guests are people that have all of those above characteristics. And again, they're bringing you information that you can use and that is supporting you. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can uh, go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can um, listen via iTunes. If you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. And um, you can... Uh, also, access our archives in any of those ways. You can uh, do it simply, too. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery. We've got years' worth of great topics and great guests, so you can listen at your leisure. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, um, or you're just curious about the process of recovery, about spirituality, any of that, we're glad you're here. You're welcome. You're welcome to um, send in a question via email or via the phone for uh, my guest, and um, we're just really glad that you're here to participate I also want to always make a shout out to family members to know that uh, there is recovery for family members. And what are family members recovering from? Obsession with the person with the disease of addiction. So um, there are 12-step groups, there are therapies, there are books. Um, there's all kind of resources for family members as well. So if you're a family member um, that's got a loved one or a friend that's got that disease of addiction, know that there's also hope and help for you. And you can uh, give yourself that great opportunity to get in your own recovery as a family member. 
I want you to know also that if you would like to um, support financially this nonprofit radio station and support Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs that are here on UnityOnlineRadio.org, you can do that. You can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and you can make a one-time or an ongoing contribution if you would like to do that. And your help is always appreciated. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor, and I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And um, 36 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has continued to be an integration of unity principles, recovery principles. And that walk keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing closer to my higher power, keeps me on my toes and gives me opportunities uh, to be of service and to enjoy life. And I am so Grateful for that and grateful for the opportunity to be able to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. Today, we have a real treat. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of two-way prayer. And this is an 11th step tool that has been rediscovered and brushed up a little bit to fit uh, a modern context, but not. But the essence of it has not been disturbed, and uh, it's a powerful prayer practice, and we're going to be learning more about that today and, and how it's such an amazing support for ongoing recovery for anybody, for family members, for people with the disease of addiction of, in any of its forms that it can show up in. Um, the AA Pioneers used two-way prayer as a daily practice. So back in the early days, back in the 1940s, the late 1930s. In fact, the AA pioneers um, considered the practice of a daily two-way prayer as more essential for recovery than even attendance at meetings. And uh, basically, they found that by listening each morning and following their guidance, that these women and men entered into a new and transforming relationship with their God And grounded in this practice, they achieved recovery rates that are far higher than today's recovery rates. So over the years, uh, the two-way prayer process was gradually lost as a component of contemporary 12-step programs. But our guest who uh, today, who is Father Bill W., is, is, is working with that. And he's going around and teaching about it. He's practicing it. He's helping people learn the technique and uh, establishing, uh, helping them to establish groups if they want to, or just their own personal practice um, in two-way prayer. Um, Father Bill W. is an Episcopal priest. And um, he uh, is also a person who's in long-term recovery himself from alcohol addiction. His recovery began in 1972. He is the past chair of recovery ministries for the Episcopal Diocese of Texas. He's also a recovery and family therapist, and he's the retired president and CEO of Austin Recovery, which is a recovery center in Austin, Texas. Um, he's had, um, before that, he directed several nationally recognized treatment centers in Louisiana, Arizona, and Texas, and um, has been an adjunct faculty member at the University of Texas School of Social Work, then the Austin Theological Seminary and the Seminary of the Southwest. Um, you can learn more about him and the work of two-way prayer um, by going to the website twowayprayer.org and also the website friendsofdrbob.org. And it, there's no period after doctor. It's friendsofdrbob.org. So, uh, Father Bill W., welcome to Un- Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back. You were my guest many years ago. Glad you're back. Many years ago, and It's good to be back with you. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um Tell us a little bit about what got you interested in two-way prayer. How'd you get going okay. with this? Um, well, I was, um, I'm, I'm in recovery, uh, and I was in recovery for about uh, 20 years, you know, working the program, doing my steps, uh, all, all the good stuff. Um, and, uh, and then I hit a wall, and it was like I needed something more. Uh, and I just knew that another 90 meetings in 90 days or one more trip through the, the 12 steps, the way I had been working them, it just wasn't going to cut it for me. And that was when 
met uh, a guy by the name of Earl Husband. He was up in Oklahoma City, and he was an AA archivist. And he had a particular interest in the Oxford group and early AA. I went to his home, and that's where it really began. He, uh, he kind of took me through uh, the process that uh, people were – it was almost like the steps in their original form before they were even steps – because there were no steps in the Oxford group, but there was a program of transformation, and it was rooted in two-way prayer. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I left there with a stack of books, and I started reading them, and, uh, and more and more it went back to, well, the, the prayer and the meditation practices of these people were the central uh, thing that brought about the transformation. As you said in the intro, even more than going to meetings. Meetings, they said, were helpful, but two-way prayer was a must. Well, that was almost like heresy, uh, you know, from, from my <laughs> point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it turned out to be quite a good heresy. <laughs> yes, it did. Sometimes, no, we won't get into that, but anyway, that's a whole other whole other story about heresies. But anyway, you're right. It tur- it's it's amazing, isn't it? It's one. Of, it's a foundational uh, truth. It's a wonder to find out about two-way prayer and how powerful it was and yeah. is. Yeah, and Bill Wilson said he really believed that AA lost something when they moved away from that practice. That was an important quote for me to find. Mm-hmm. Did Bill write that in one of, like, the Grapevine, the AA little magazine, or where did he? Where did you find yes, that Yes, I, I think it was in the Grapevine that... Uh, I'd have to look up the quote. I don't have it offhand, but uh, right. Mm -hmm. Why did that touch you so much to read that Bill Wilson said that about um, feeling like something important had been lost? Well, you know, I sometimes feel this whole two-way prayer thing. uh, uh, I I worry that people will think it's the latest thing out of California. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of a a new age deal, and Uh I'm always excited when I can find it rooted in the historical documents. Mm-hmm. Because then yes. people in 12-step can't just blow it off. Right. It's like they, yeah, they have to say, uh, somehow, as one AA speaker used to put it, those old guys knew something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And... Uh, and it was different. The program that they worked uh, before the big – see, I've always been interested in the period 1934 like, when, uh, when Wilson got sober to 1939 when the big book came out. There was a program that was being worked before there were 12 steps. Mm-hmm. And that's what got Bill sober and Bob sober. They got sober in the Oxford group. It was a first-century Christian fellowship. Uh, is what it was referred to as, and it was getting back to some of the um, a really original, um, not just ideas, uh, but the experience of uh, of Jesus, the experience of God in your life. Right. Uh, that was what was was critical. Absolutely. Tell us um, a little bit, kind of backing up even a little bit before that about what the Oxford Group. Was and how a, a little of how yeah. AA obviously was very influenced by the Oxford Group and um, in some ways grew right out of it in a sense. But uh, anyway, there's right. different right. viewpoints on that. But but tell us uh, tell us about what the Oxford Group was and how it how AA yeah. is connected it, to it. It was mm-hmm. started by a man a man by the name of Frank Bookman, and Bookman was a Lutheran minister. Um, uh, and, and at the early part of the of the 20th century, he was working in Philadelphia. He was running a group home for young men, um, and he had a fight with his board of directors. Those guys came in and they said, Frank, you're spending too much money feeding these guys. We want you to cut back. So he got mad, quit his job, and um, and and then went off to Europe, probably borrowed money from his parents or something, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. went to a conference over there in England. 
as he as he went, he could feel this resentment burning in his heart, and uh, and he went to a little church. There was a woman giving a sermon at, at this conference that he went to in Keswick, England, and uh, she talked on the power of the cross. Her name was Jesse Penn Lewis, and um, and he said she didn't say anything new. Uh, doctrinally or anything, that sort of stuff. But what she said, somehow, that day, bam, it got through to him. And he saw where he was wrong. That's the main thing. He saw where he was wrong. Those other six Mm -hmm. guys in the room, they were wrong, but he was wrong also. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, And when you start seeing his life, you really start to see the beginnings of the steps. He wrote a letter of amends to those uh, six men, you know, asking their forgiveness. He met a guy after the event, after the next morning, and he told him his experience. It's like we tell our story, and people identify with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go on for hours on on the history of the Oxford group, uh, but but he was he was looking for things that would transform people, and he grew up, or not he grew up, uh, but the the movement grew up, particularly in in the period after World War One, when which was such a devastating war, and he was convinced that if there was not a new form of Christianity, there was going to be a second World War, and it was the time when communism was rising and. Fascism was rising in Italy and the Nazis in Germany. Uh, He said, we need a new kind of Christianity, but a a real kind, a kind that changes people, not a doctrinal kind of thing, but a life-giving thing. And that was what he he tried to begin. His headquarters were over there in Oxford, England. He, He was working with young students, and they would come alive when he was, when he would, introduce them to some of these principles and they would go out and change. They wanted to change the world. And so did he. Uh, Mm -hmm. Wilson came in. He got sober through this thing. So did Dr. Bob. Uh, And they only wanted to change drunks. See, very different focus, very different focus. Uh, And, uh, and so Wilson and Bob and, and the first uh, theoretically 100 people, you know, kind of took, took the program of the Oxford group, put them into steps. Wilson wrote the steps. Interestingly, he wrote it in, in what you would describe as a two-way prayer session. You know, he asked hmm. for guidance and, and sat down and began to write, being guided in his writing. Mm-hmm. So, so you look back at all the principles, uh, they are present in the you know in, in that Oxford group, uh, Wilson said he got steps two through eleven uh, straight from Sam Shoemaker, uh, who was an Episcopal priest in New York and and kind of the head of the Oxford group in the United States. Mm-hmm. So tell us some more, uh, Bill, about that early time you were talking about when in thirty between nineteen thirty four and nineteen thirty nine when. Bill Wilson was getting sober, Dr. Bob was sober, the first hundred, so to speak, were getting sober, but, but the book Alcoholics Anonymous had not yet been written, and, um, and the 12 Steps, yeah. as you say, had not yet been written. So what were, exactly what were they doing? The four absolutes, well, right? Tell us about that. The, yeah, the four absolutes were kind of the heart and soul of the Oxford Group program. Absolute honesty, purity unselfishness, and love. These came from a uh, Presbyterian uh, minister. Um, and the Oxford group people, if they, if they saw something and they liked it, they took it uh, for themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And they liked this. They liked this. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the four absolutes were based on the life of Jesus. Jesus was honest, pure, unselfish, loving. And so those became the standards by which they were going to make their decisions and live their lives, not knowing that they would not achieve them, but but head towards them. 
Um, and then they got those got played down uh, when when uh, when the big book was written. They tried to soften it in some way. Well, they, they softened it. Uh, the steps are suggested. You know, there's there's a there's a you know you read the big book and it and it kind of bounces back and forth. These are suggestions. You know, you may want to try. And then and the next line says, and if you don't, you're probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's up to you. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of good, it's though. It's sort of like, you know what? It's not us telling you to do this. It's like, take it, make a choice here, I think. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and so they, they, um, uh, they, they wanted to kind of downplay the absoluteness of it. And Wilson never liked that. Bill Wilson was not a fan of that. Um, Dr. Bob was more a fan. Interestingly, today, if you were to go to meetings in in Akron, Ohio, or even up in Cleveland, where Dr. Bob had much more of an influence, uh, you will see the four absolutes on the wall. You will hear old-timers talking about them. They still publish a pamphlet out of the Cleveland AA office about the four absolutes. So they are very much... uh, you know, uh, underneath, undergirding uh, the 12 steps and the program, but they are not a part of, uh, of AA. Mm-hmm. Wilson was concerned that, you know, you can't get a drunk good by Thursday, was his expression. It's like, don't mm-hmm. put too much at them in the beginning. Let mm-hmm. them uh, come into it. He also said he, he hid, not hid, that's the wrong word, but where are the four absolutes in the big book? He said they are in steps six and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And entirely ready to God remove our defects. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. You know, and if you read the 12 steps and 12 tradition book, what you get is that is perfection, which is what you're aiming towards. The trick is to settle for progress as, as you head towards them. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, tell us now, tell us, well, I have one question for you. This is kind of a selfish question is um, yeah. what's a good reference book to read about more about the history of the Oxford group. I know there are some good histories of AA. I've got those. What's a good yeah. book for the history of the Oxford group? Uh, I, as it relates to AA, I would say a uh, turning point by Dick B. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the best. And, and you know, if you just go to Dick B's website, he's got tons of material on there that people can uh, can access. But he, right. in my mind, he was one of the best. He passed away a couple of years ago. But he was right. one of the best in, um, in bringing the original material to the attention of, of, of people. Yes, he was. And I had Dick on, as a Spirit of Recovery guest. Um, several uh, years ago as well. I'm not sure what the date is or I would say. I just don't remember. But um, but yeah. if, if my listeners are interested in finding that, you can look through the archives of Spirit of Recovery, and Dick B. was my guest um, somewhere probably back, somewhere between 2011 and, and 2012, somewhere somewhere back mm-hmm. in there. So, um, so tell us some more about uh, – so you said, um, Bill, when you – you were kind of hit a wall in your own recovery that you uh, discovered this two-way prayer process in the literature. Was anybody else, um, or the Oxford Group literature from from the man who was the archivist um, in Oklahoma? So, were you? Uh, was anybody else at that time? It, and I'm guessing that was like in the mid '90s when you started this. Was anybody yeah, else right. practicing the twelve the two-way prayer at that time? Uh-huh. Well, many, and many people who were still in the Oxford group, it, it's gone through several uh, other names. They were still doing it. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, um, there was a man by the name of, um, oh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting old, Anna. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll think of it, 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 it James Hauk. James Hauk. Okay. Uh, he got sober the day after Bill Wilson got sober. Mm-hmm. Uh and he knew Wilson. He, he was from Maryland. And mm-hmm. uh, he stayed sober in the Oxford group, never joined mm-hmm. AA. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I, I got a hold of him. I, I, uh, I went to his home 
to visit with him. And I mm-hmm. was, uh, but, but to answer your question, I, I was doing two-way prayer by myself for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just picked it up, did it, did my writing every morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of evolved uh, in, in my own uh, practice of it. And then a, a, a friend asked me what I was doing, and I started teaching him. And, um, and, and then others have, have asked, and so it's, it's just kind of grown um, but I went to this man's home in, uh, in Maryland, and I said, I- I'm interested in two-way prayer. What-, what can you tell me about it? And um, I-, I think I was looking for techniques and, and uh, gimmicks, gimmicks, or, or, you know, how do you help mm-hmm. people do this practice? And, and he-, he disappointed me <laughs> at the time, at the time. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, Bill, it's all about the absolutes. Mm-hmm. What I've discovered over the years is the man was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing in your prayer is you are... See, I'm not absolutely honest, pure, unselfish, and loving. I am not those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what I bring to the, to the prayer. So I look at, you know, where, where am I deviating from what God is asking of me? And that becomes then the material by which we do our work. So what I've evolved into as a, as a 12-step person, um, steps 10, 11, and 12. Today, those are the only steps I work. That's probably another heresy, but um, I think it's a good one. I don't think there's a principle of the first nine steps that is not also present in steps 10, 11, and 12. All right. Give us a brief summary of 10, 11, and 12. 10, continue to take personal inventory when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. In a word, you watch yourself. You watch how am I doing inside, outside? What's going on? What, what's, what's the spirit like inside of me? What's happening? You watch. So 10. 11, you pray. Someone said a real interesting thing. Someone who was kind of steeped in this material said, if you don't watch, you don't know what the hell to pray for. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was really nice. It's <laughs> 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 really wise. If you're uh-huh. not watching, watching yourself, you won't know what to pray for. So part of, the, of, of 11 is, is asking God for guidance. I see this happening to myself. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. I'm uh, overeating. I'm, uh, I'm uh, greedy. I'm, uh, you know, the, all of the human stuff that's going on, you know, if uh-huh. you're alive, you know, stuff is happening inside. What is it? Watch yourself. And then you pray about it. Lord, help me. And then God speaks. So after prayer and meditation, improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us, the power to carry that out. So you take your problem to God. And I, I encourage people to get that down to like a single question, which sort of takes your inventory uh, you know, it takes your spiritual pulse, um, and then ask for help. And then let mm-hmm. God speak. Mm-hmm. You know, be quiet, be quiet. And they insisted on writing the answers down. They insisted mm-hmm. upon so, um So then you have a notebook, and you begin to write. And, uh, and it's, and I, Jung, Jung, as you know, uh, played a, an important role in the, in the early history of AA as well with his treatment of Roland Hazard. Right. He had a th- here's a thing uh, called active imagination. And as a therapist, I, I, I kind of uh, took some liberties with that. Uh, well, so the prayer life is using, in a sense, your imagination. If God were to speak to me, what would he say? Don't be afraid to do that. If God were to speak, what would he say? And then you, you, you uh, begin to write, 
with the imagining that God is, is talking to you, and, uh, and you go as quickly as you can, don't stop, don't think, and pretty soon stuff starts coming up from your unconscious, and you are writing things that when you sat down, you had no intentions of writing. You follow me? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. that's, that's 11, uh, and then 12 is you act. You act, so if you're given guidance, you go and you do that guidance so long as it passes the test. Is the guidance honest? Is it pure? Is it unselfish? Is it loving? If I'm asking for a, uh, uh, a stock tip, that's probably not good use of this prayer time. You know, uh, if I'm asking God, what horse do I bet on in the sixth race? <laughs> you know, not yeah. good. You know, mm-hmm. but if I am right. asking, I'm asking, Lord, I'm I'm really afraid. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really afraid, um, and I need help. Please guide me. And then you use your imagination if you're in the presence of a loving power. A, a father God, a mother God, a Jesus God, uh, um, spirit God, uh, whatever, whatever your conception of God loving is, you know, that let that let that image speak to you, and uh, and, uh, and what you receive is unconditional love. I've been doing this 24 years. I have, mm-hmm. and I I screw up a lot. I have never been yelled at. <laughs> never, that, ever, ever, uh-huh. ever. It's always, okay, my son, <laughs> you know, are, are uh-huh. you ready to go deeper now? Are you ready right. to, to do this or that? Um, always loving, always loving. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes, sometimes also pushing, pushing me. You know, they say God, God uh, that beautiful, that beautiful, beautiful painting of uh the return of the prodigal, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Rembrandt, Rembrandt. God, mm-hmm. if you look at the hands of God, of the Father, uh, putting his hands on the back of his son, one hand is masculine and one hand is feminine. Hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's not because Rembrandt was a lousy artist. It's because he was trying to say that, that this, this God is both father and mother. And, and so the father hand pushes you, and the mother hand consoles you and comforts you. And that's mm-hmm. what, we, what we need, is, is we need that balance. So it's not all mushy stuff. It's also get off your butt and do something. You know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is good. It's time for our break. So um, thank you for what you're sharing with us, Bill. It's powerful. Um, And uh, when we come back, we'll get some more uh, details about exactly you're telling us already, but get some more details about how to work this process. And and, uh, this is great stuff. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for sharing it with us and for sharing it, the two-way prayer process. with with everybody so um listeners we'll be right back stay with us here my guest is father bill w and we're talking about the two-way prayer process and again you can go to the websites twowayprayer.org it's t-w-o-w-a-y prayer.org and also go to the website friendsofdrbob.org and uh, you can find out more details about this great process so stay with us we'll be right back on spirit of recovery Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. 
The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, with God, all things are possible. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. And if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And our topic today is Two-Way Prayer, an 11th-step tool rediscovered. My guest is Father Bill W. He's an Episcopal priest. He's also a person in long-term recovery. His recovery started in 1972. And um, he is the past chair of Recovery Ministries for the Episcopal Diocese of Texas. He's also a recovery and family therapist and the retired president and CEO of Austin Recovery, which is a great treatment center here in Austin, Texas, and he uh, is now uh, devoting his time to teaching and practicing this process of two-way prayer and uh, sharing that with people and and, uh, teaching them how to do it individually and also uh, sharing how to start a group if you want to. You can practice it by yourself, but you can also, and you can also start a group if you want. So you can learn more about the details at Two different websites. It's twowayprayer.org, T-W-O-W-A-Y prayer.org, and also go to friendsofdrbob.org, and uh, doctors, D-R, no period, friendsofdrbob.org, and you can learn uh, there, too, about starting a group. But before I get back to my um, conversation with Father Bill W. about two-way prayer, I invite you to join me just in a moment where we can tune in with the Serenity Minute, just a moment to tune in to that loving presence, that your higher power as you understand it, that loving presence, and uh, I invite you to relax to feel that peaceful presence and loving presence of your higher power and allow yourself to surrender into that, relax from the crown of your head and feel that relaxation moving all the way through your body temple and share with me this constructive idea. My higher power loves me. My higher power likes me. My higher power guides me. I can trust my loving higher power. My higher power loves me. My higher power likes me. 
My higher power guides me. I can trust my loving higher power. And now we take just a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for sharing with me the Serenity Minute, and I hope that it was an opportunity for you to get in touch with that loving presence that is your higher power that cares so much about you. And now I'm back to my conversation about two-way prayer with my guest, Father Bill W., so, um, Bill, before the break, you were telling us um, really some of the ideas about the, the practice of two-way prayer and a little bit about how it works. And um, I know people can go on the twowayprayer.org website, and there's it's great. I love it. You've got videos that explain exactly how to do it. They're very interesting. You've got interviews with people that are learning to practice two-way prayer. It's a fabulous website. I mean, you can just go on it and learn exactly how to do this process. Yeah. But um, but tell us a, a bit, just a little bit. Take us through a little, just bit of a session of, of how how exactly do you do this, practice two-way prayer? Well, um, it's part of a larger process called quiet time. So, so what, what the Oxford Group people would have is a morning quiet time. It might last 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And in that process, they would uh, read scripture, read guided books, pray for people. Uh, but part of it was um, reserved for two-way prayer. It might only take five or ten minutes uh, um, and the process was that uh, they would go inside, look at what was on their heart, uh, what was troubling them, and then seek God's guidance. And uh, then they would have their little notebooks in hand, uh, and so they would sit quietly and start writing the thoughts that come to them. Holy thoughts, not holy thoughts, um, you know, uh, words can come flying by. Their, their, their instructions will write everything. And then you go back, and it's almost like if you've ever done dream analysis, where you go back and you look at the dream, and there are parts of the dream that just jump out at you. What is this about, you know? Um, and, 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 and the answer would jump out at you, too. Same thing. With this, um, you, you get to, to experience a, a deeper part of yourself. Um, some people ask me, um, you know, how do I know, is this God speaking or is this me? And my answer to that is, I don't know. If it is, but I do know this, if it is me, it is the best part of me I have ever found. And it is the part of me that wants me to, to do what? To be me. To become fully me. And that has been my experience. You know? To, to, mm-hmm. to, to take me through life. And so I've been doing it 24 years. Uh, you know, people say, well, don't you run out of material? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't run out of material. I don't run out of uh, problems. I don't run out of uh, needing guidance on things to do. Uh, I find myself not doing the guidance, which is really interesting, Anna. Imagine Mm -hmm. you're you're sitting down with God. God is telling you to do something, and you basically tell God where he can go because you don't (laughs) do it. Well, uh-huh. isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that really meeting your ego? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is alive stuff. And and right. you know, some people 
people have a real hard time with prayer and meditation. You know, they're supposed, you know, many times in prayer, in, in meditation, you're supposed to like sit there for 20 minutes. Think what? Think nothing. Well, half of the people in recovery that I know are ADD. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I always say two-way prayer is, is, is centering prayer for people with ADD. And I was uh-huh. trying to find a, a form of prayer where it didn't have to stop. Uh-huh. I could, I could, you know, my, my brain just fires, fires away, you know? Uh-huh. Now at the end, at the end of it, I, I often do have uh, minutes of um, contemplative prayer uh, at the end where I'm, I'm feeling joined with God and I, I sit there and uh, do nothing. I don't write during that time. I just feel the presence. Um, but, but it's about writing. It's about writing. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And writing is such a important tool, uh, but used in the 12 steps, uh, to, you know, it helps get things out of your head. I think that's how it helps me. It's like, Oh, it's not just swimming around up there, getting it out. Yeah, but it's God speaking to you. That this is the important part. Part. Yes. God mm-hmm. speaking to you in you know in the in whatever person that is, second right. person. Uh, you. He says you. Yes. You know, and I encourage people when they sit down, uh, when God speaks to them, I, I I encourage them to use a term of endearment. The first words out of God's mouth. My 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 child, my son, my daughter, my beloved, my precious. Mm-hmm. And that kind of primes the pump. So then, boom, uh, God, God goes goes deeper and and deeper uh, with you. Um, you know, we have critic voices in our minds. Uh, we, we certainly don't doubt them. Heck, we listen to them. Uh, mm-hmm. we, um, we have addict voices in our mind. Well, there's another voice. Right, and this is particularly important for for people who are troubled, uh, for people who can't afford a therapist. I think this is a form of divine therapy, mm-hmm. and you have and you actually have the best therapist in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, right. no better. And you right. sit down, and and you and you pour out your heart very briefly, a sentence or two, and then give him or her the opportunity to love on you. And to encourage you. You know, a lot of people know about the, you know, the 24-hour-a-day book. It's uh, very popular in a lot of 12-step uh, communities. Um, been around for years, published by Hazelden. Well, the meditations in that book are the two-way prayer writings of two women in England. Mm. That, huh. that, that the author took and, and turned them into meditations. Huh. So, I want to, you know, why am I reading somebody else's meditation when I have an opportunity to sit down with God and let him write on my own heart the meditations that I need to hear? Absolutely. Yeah, very personal. And, you know, the thing that uh, strikes me about this, um, Bill, is that through the two-way prayer process, and really the 12 steps do this, um, uh, it, it says that the the purpose of the steps isn't to get you sober. It's not as a family member. It's not to get you off your obsession. The purpose of those 12 steps and the purpose of this two-way prayer is to get you into relationship with a power greater than yourself. And that's what's that's the key. And I think that's when we get, we get off into thinking, well, great, I'm going to fix myself here. Or fix my life, yeehaw. That's not the point. The point is to get you in relationship with your spiritual life, however you want to construe that. And then then things change. And and that's what I love about what you're doing. You're you're telling people, look, the point is to get yourself into that intimate to open up to it, not get yourself into it. That's not the way to say it, but to open up to that reality. Yeah. God loves you and however you want to call it, your higher power. That's if the we point. Got That's what heals you. Hmm? I thought it might, it might be good. Um, it probably isn't the greatest uh, writing, but I, I just went through my two-way prayer book and just picked one out. So right. I think if people hear it, you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. All right? Sure. Great. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the whole thing. A little long, but I'll I'll be quick. So here's my question, Lord. I ran out of psychic energy yesterday. I just wanted to retreat into myself. I had no desire or ability to create. Today I feel somewhat better, more connected. Please guide me, Lord. And so there's my tenth step. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I listen to Jesus. Mm-hmm. My son. Here's Jesus speaking. My son, my brother, my love, you are on the way home. Your center is shifting more and more towards me. This will not happen without a fight. The forces of ego will rebel and shut you down. Be prepared for this in the future. Part of you loves me and wants me. Part of you flees in terror. Own this. Don't be ashamed. Tell me about it. Share it with me. I will never abandon you, but your ego will say that I have. So there's, there's, that's about half of it. It goes on for mm-hmm. page. But you get, you get a, I want people to have a sense of what this is, you know? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. example. example. That's, that's great. So, in general, how has it uh, made your recovery and your life better? Since you started practicing this, you said for 24 years you've been practicing two-way prayer. Yeah. What's, what's different? Well, uh, I became a priest. Uh, that was one mm-hmm. thing. You know? I mm-hmm. became a Christian. Mm-hmm. I thought that, actually, I became a Christian before I became a priest. I thought that was a good order. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Although the it's not seminary. beyond me, to, not me Anna, to go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so it did that. It got me into jobs and out of jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. I take those kinds of questions to it when it was uh, um, 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 uh, I'm very clear. One of the things that comes up for me over and over again to the point where I just, I just don't question it anymore is my function in life. See, the Oxford Group people believe God had a plan for every life. And God's plan for my life, and I, I know this, is to teach two-way prayer and to get people in 12-step recovery to take another look at the four absolutes, that there's something of great value there. And, 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 and that's it. So mm-hmm. I now look, I look on things, um, uh, opportunities that come along, um, and that's, that's, that's my basic guidance. So I make decisions on the base. It's like having a mission statement and, and actually living by it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's very practical, very practical. Yes, for sure. And um, how's how's it changed your sense of yourself? Um, it has allowed me to... Um, <laughs> since, since God is accepting of me, I have become more accepting of myself. Mm-hmm. As, 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 as he gives me unconditional love, I am challenged to give that unconditional love also to myself. And I'd say in terms of how it has most affected me, uh, it is that, that I relapse in regard to that. Fear mm-hmm. comes up. Fear comes up. Anxiety, fancy word for fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, terror. Terror comes up. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had guidance, uh, you know, a um, wonderful book, uh, uh, Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, one of my favorite books, uh, People have fear. I have a fear of dying. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? My God, uh, no control. You know, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I had my codependency issues before I had my addiction issues. Right. Um, I had guidance from God. Is it, go 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 sit in the cemetery uh, three times, and and do your two way prayer in the cemetery. It sounds mm. a little macabre. I know, but no, uh, it's good. I did it. You know, mm-hmm. and the first time I went to the cemetery, it was with a uh, a consciousness of, well, I think I'd like a grave over there under a tree. 
as if shade is going to be important. (laughs) (laughs) Second second time I went back, it was like, well, maybe I can do a little better than that. (laughs) And so to... uh, to, to, I meditated more uh, you know, deeply, and the third time, there was a letting go more and more. Jesus knew I needed it three times, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to get it in one. Uh, I, I'm a tough case. Uh, right, you needed yeah. more. That's good. Yeah. Well, just as we're, we're wrapping up here, but I do want to, and you've kind of said this before, but I want to reiterate this. Obviously, your path is a is a Christian path, and that's wonderful. Will this work, for, and the Oxford group was a Christian group. Does this work for anybody, no matter what their faith path may be or not be? Yes, I, I did two-way prayer with a Jewish psychiatrist for four years. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. Uh, I, I've, I've worked, uh, there was a woman who came to our group in Austin uh, for a number of years, um, struggled with the, with the Christian peace. Spirit, spirit was, was her connection. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us have been damaged by religion. It's too bad, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think people need to get through that in their own way. I don't think God is particularly troubled by what names we call him or her. Uh, it's, it's that we open ourselves to that presence. And, um, you know, one of the things I learned is, is this is important. Um, we've come up with this thing in 12-step where uh, they say, well, get your own concept of God. Well, that's not really what Oxford group people did. What they, what they said was a little bit different. It's close to it, but it's different. What they did was they had an expression, turn as much of yourself as you understand over to as much of God as you understand. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the reality was we don't understand much of either. <laughs> we don't <laughs> understand much of either. So understand it. I was 20 years in AA. Oh, excuse me. Well, well, there I blew that, didn't I? Uh, well, we didn't. We well, not used your last name. All right. We have not. Okay, it's good. No. Uh, I'm 20 years with a kind of vague uh, understanding of God, and like you said, the point of the book is to get into that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and so I had to. One of the things I did that was helpful for me is I studied everything I could on the Oxford group, and I also went back knowing that it was called a first-century Christian fellowship, I started every, reading everything I could find on, on first-century Christian theology, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is very different. Uh, Marcus Borg, John Dominic Crossan, uh, scholars like that who really influenced me deeply and presented to me uh, a, a concept that was much different from some of the hard-line theological uh, things I had been exposed to as, as a kid. It's time for us to stop. I regret it's just wonderful. Bill, I want to thank you so much for uh, being my guest, and thank you for what you're doing. And again, I want to make sure people know they can go to twowayprayer.org and to www.friendsofdrbob.org and find out so much more. And um, if they'd like to engage in this uh, process, uh, it's right there for them, whether they're in recovery or not. It's open to anybody. Um, that wants to engage in this way of getting close to your higher power. So thanks for being my guest, and thanks for the work you're doing. Thank you, Anna, and thank you for the work you're doing as well. You're welcome. And thank you, listeners. Thanks for being with us um, today, and many blessings to you, and know that uh, your higher power loves you so much. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org.
benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 